listen to her wrong. From here wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. There wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. From here wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back the under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back the under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my salmon extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've entered back into the studio for episode 336. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. And, you know, I kind of hate starting off on a low note, but this one hit me straight in the gut, bro. That's an RIP to Lance Reddick. Facts, man. Bro. Facts. My man I was... I didn't want to believe that shit when I saw it. I bro, was like, somebody's I was hoping fucking it was jokes, around on the I know he has a good bro. sense of humor. So I was like, ah, oh, this nigga got jokes. I was jokes. like, somebody's fucking around on the internet, goddammit. Nope. I wish. And we lost the real one with Lance, man. I mean, talk about prolific. Between his TV, his, his silver screen, and his voice acting, my <laughs> man was everywhere. Yeah, he was. I mean, and I've never disliked the Lance Reddick performance. Even in shit that might have been not my taste, his performance carries. You know what I mean? Uh, he was he was a, a main character in one of my all-time favorite shows, and that's Fringe, which was a, a sci-fi uh, TV series that I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. But he his character uh, boils in that in that show is iconic for me. Um, but yeah, dude, just amazing career. Uh, somebody who embodied the entire spectrum of acting from drama to comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those are supposed to be the extremes. And he he played every role in between, you know? And so uh, it's it's a real dour start to have to, to, to begin with the R.I.P. to Lance Reddick. But yeah, man, that one, boy, I... I'm a huge fan of his. Like that one, that one hurt. You know what I mean. And so, uh, I'm not exactly sure what the cause of death was. Um, it seemed kind of sudden. I didn't heard anything. He hadn't really publicized, but he wasn't really in the public sphere like that. Like he let his performances speak for him. You know, like all the talk that was ever around him was about, oh, have you seen what he's in? Never about like some side drama or anything like that. And so, I assume in keeping very private. You know, I didn't hear much about what the cause of death was. Hopefully it was... Also, it's really soon, you know. He just passed away, like, I think it was yesterday? Yesterday morning. So, yeah. you know, the information hasn't really been released as yet, even if there they, there is information. Yeah, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that nothing odd comes out. You know what I mean? I hope that that it is what it is. You know, we could just let it, let it rest with that, um, which, yeah, I mean, it's our choice. We could choose to let it rest at that no matter what else comes out about it, so... Um, yeah, dude, that was, that was, that was a gut punch, uh, early yesterday, but yeah. So anyway, moving on from that, I just, I just, I, I had to, to give that, uh, decent breath, but, uh, yeah, what you been getting into this weekend? Uh, this weekend, um, I didn't really want watch them much, I pretty much kept up with, uh, uh, Wrath of the Righteous, they dropped a new DLC that I've been trying to, been getting into and trying to mess around with certain classes and see if I like the new class that they dropped. Nice. That's what's up. <clears throat> Um, but we do have stuff you know, to talk about Mando. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did see from last week a Mando and Cocaine Bear that I didn't get to talk about. Yes, I, I did not get to watch Cocaine Bear, which I 
uh, I'm gonna let you get your uh, get your uh, spoiler free review in before we go into it more next time. But um, yeah, dude, uh, Mando. So I thought that he was dragged down by the Mythosaur, which it turns out Nia was my man's Beskar armor, which is a little too heavy. Slipped off the edge of the, the crevice and uh, ended up at the bottom of the ravine. <laughs> so yes, took a uh, trip. Yes, uh, it it was uh, it was good to have that clarified. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, Bo-Katan gets welcomed back into the coven uh, as long as she chooses to stay, uh, because she was uh, as well washed in the the living waters of the Beskar mines. <laughs> You've been redeemed. Yeah, even if you didn't want it, redemption comes whether you want it or not. That's the funny part. I was thinking about that as uh, as uh, it was expositing. I was watching. I was like, "Oh yeah, you you about to be redeemed, and you wasn't even asking for it." But yeah, dude, I thought the episode was dope. Um, I really, really enjoyed the story, um, behind the uh, clone researcher. Who was trying to reassimilate back into the new uh, New Republic, only to find out it's literally a facsimile of the Empire, and that uh, that that evil bitch, man. And that's the worst part is that she recognized it that's immediately so and utilized it to 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 exercise her worst demons. You know what I mean? Like, wow. But she could also be um if you see if you remember back in the opening she went uh, when he was talking in that big auditorium place she went and sat down with someone you know so she could have been doing it per the higher ups. Yeah, but she seemed to take a lot of yeah yeah I'm not I'm not just, I'm not I'm not saying she didn't you know what I mean she definitely okay. did turn up the thing on the end okay because that's, that's I do, what I was thinking about I, I do like, want to point out the fact that absolutely. I think there's a reason why she was meeting with someone that discreetly in the beginning. And then turned out to be such a prominent f- piece of the episode. This, despite the sadistic glee she, she seemed from wiping his mind, it does seem like she is part of a internal faction that is attempting to bring down the New Republic, um, comprised of maybe not just Moff Gideon um, loyalists, but just new uh, old Empire loyalists in general? Yes. Is that what you were I saw a theory that said that um, we're actually seeing the story of the rise of the First Order and how Snoke came into being. Oh, okay. That's not a crazy theory at all, in my opinion. Yeah, because, you know, Snoke is like... Oh, not not Snoke, I'm sorry. But Snoke as well, but mostly uh, Palpatine and how, you know, Palpatine has been waiting for a new body and in that new movie, he's like, oh, I cloned my body, I'm back, bitches, type shit. Mm -hmm. So, um... Uh, I saw some theories that said that we could be seeing like a faction within the the New Republic that, like you said, is 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 gonna be what is what becomes the First Order or a part of the First Order. You know what's and I really hope that that is true, um, and that that is a plot thread that they're developing because it would harken back to one of the underlying themes that George Lucas purposely put into the uh, into the uh, Star Wars mythos which is the cyclical nature of all of these events that are happening when it comes to the rise and fall of governments. Yeah. Is that the saga continues because of the cyclical nature of these things and that's why the 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 empire uh resembles, you know, whatever came before it and the new republic resembles the empire 
and then the new uh, Jedi Order, were, you know what I mean? It's all cyclical. It's yeah, like, like George Lucas says, mm-hmm. it's poetry. It yes, rhymes. It rhymes, yes. And so if I hope that would be a very very salient um, um, story, the thread for them to develop. And I like where they're going with that, with their brain cannon. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting. I mean, it is... That movie does leave a whole bunch of questions, like... I just built 300 Star Destroyers under ice in secret. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, where did you get that from, bro? Like, bruh, bruh, a Star Destroyer bruh. is pretty fucking big, but I get 30 of them. It makes me feel like the nobody Jedi in the galaxy noticed while you were doing this. It makes me feel like the Jedi are so bad at their job. You feel like, me? Like, bro, how do you amass that much resources? I, mean, I think and, that's, a, that's a bit of an unfair comparison. The Jedi, they, they don't look like they fuck with technology like that. But the last order, they're much more proactive in, in, their, in their ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and... Not not for nothing. There, uh, the Jedi are not at their height when they're. Yeah, it's when like they're, it's uh, like there, there's like them, what two hundred Jedi's and like uh, literally millions of members of the First Order. Yeah, <laughs> but like they could sense what's happening in a in a solar system. You know what I mean? Like you'll yeah, need. I feel you, but you Jedi still need resources. Really rock some shit. You still need resources. You know what I mean? Manpower is a thing. Yeah. You may be very very strong, but there you can only cover so much area at once. Having a big organization like the Empire that, or the First and, Order. And that's, and that's why I don't expect them to get every little thing, but 300 Star Destroyers, my nigga, that's a lot of resources. <laughs> but a lot of I, shit. I don't know. I feel like that was a bullshit plot point anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? It just, <laughs> it, it's not really so much a fair comparison against the Jedi. That was just some shit they pulled they out of They just made that shit up. Man. Absolutely. How do you expect to defend against fucking the plot fuck armor? What the fuck are we talking about, bro? Like... <laughs> You know, like, bro, the type of resources that you would need to do some shit like that. Like, the, the the First Order and the Empire, they're always doing, like, massive empire, uh, I mean, planetary bro, building, building, planetary moon, building. Like, are you should building a moon? And nobody fucking notices you get the entire moon complete. Man, whatever, bro. But anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> but no, I think that that, that leads into a, a salient critique of, of the kind of authoritarianism that it takes to run a good galactic empire. And that... Star, it, like you see over and over, people keep rallying behind this galactic order idea, and it's just like, nah. We need to we need to master the local governance before we can even move on to this whole galactic order thing. But um, yeah, dude, fucking watching the the whole the whole con of her uh, uh, winning his friendship and trust. And goading him down that oh, it got played so hard. It's one of the reasons why, as somebody who's who's very much prone to revolutionary activity, I tend to be skeptical of anyone who's also like, yeah, 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 I'm down. You want to make it happen? I'm like, what are you doing to make it happen? Don't don't encourage me to do shit. What are you doing? Let me let me see what you've built because. She's over here telling us, like, yeah, we could get you a mobile lab. Like, my nigga, what? Did you not see the facility that the equipment was in that they were taking out of? I'm like, and, and so you take all this equipment to put where? And do what? You know what I mean? Like, my nigga, yo, bruh, bruh. Yeah, I mean, that's his bad for being sheltered, bro. Yeah. yeah that he... lady, like, red flags everywhere. I, I did not trust her at all at no point. You feel me? And regardless of the shit in the beginning, it's just, I don't know. You know, it's just one. Then again, I, I'm like I said, I, I'm a naturally paranoid person. Beware, uh, people who bear gifts is 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 uh is one of them things that be in my head. Like you don't really know me. Why are you being so nice? Right? It's one of them things. It's like well, I, I mean, know I I know the type of person I am, but you don't. 
So why is it that you are treating me like that? He 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 vaguely knew her, and he took that way too far. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yes, they 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 knew each other in passing, and and absolutely, I've made the mistake of trying to 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 build on friendships with people who I only knew in passing, and it's like mm, that's not enough to build a friendship off of. You probably should be wary of that. It's a it, it's a character flaw that I that I very much related to. You know what I mean? Like I felt I felt very much for him when he was going through it because it was like, oh, bro, this is a road that doesn't lead down where you expect it to. <laughs> but yeah, man. <laughs> I, I thought that this was this uh this episode had... she led him by the nose so perfectly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed both of the um storylines that were presented in this episode. I I I kept feeling like I I kept uh, flashbacking to Andor, you know what I mean? Watching how the uh, the New Republic is operating, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just just like the Empire. <laughs> how is this supposed to be different? And I think they did that on purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, which is why the New Republic didn't really last all that long, and for good reason. And 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 why the New Republic gave rise to an emperor like Palpatine, like. It, the problem is systemic, and when the problems are systemic, it's going to promote leaders who know how to take advantage of those systemic flaws, and those are the worst type of leaders. Those are absolutely not the people you want leading. And, uh, yeah, I, I, that's why I kind of like, like, whoever's doing the writing for the shows is so much better than who's doing the writing for the movies because they Favre. just have a, yeah, Favreau just has a better beat on reality, I guess. <laughs> And less restrictions. There's a whole lot less restrictions. True. That's that the main problem with uh, the main Star Wars movie continuity is not uh, is basically its legacy, right? Its legacy because it has such massive shoes to fill and so much pressure surrounding it. Unfortunately, the corporate treats it a little bit too. Oh, they're 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 smothering it. Yes, corporate will not allow creative people to be creative with it. They want to and, and that's a capture shame. That's the, where the, they the, need the it the most. And uh, you're so right, but it's still it's such a shame. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, but then again, like I always say, you know, um, these the bad things happen so that good things can happen, right? Star Wars movies bombed. They would have never taken the risks on these shows if those Star Wars movies didn't bomb. They would have continued making Star Wars movies. So because those shows didn't do well, it gave them. Now Favreau can actually be like, hey, I got something to pitch y'all niggas ain't really doing shit with this part of the IP. How about let me have it? You know, and then him not being not having to worry about the main continuity so much and get to develop his own side stuff. It just that freedom automatically creates better content. OK, I, I think it's a very optimistic view. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not an optimistic person, though. <laughs> only only because I, I feel like a lot these things are being developed relatively independently and. But the, but the, they're uh, the still the uni- they're not in the same timelines, and so Favre is not changing anything. So he could be as creative as he wanted with these, in- independently of what they're doing in the movies, because the movies are mostly taking place in the future, and he's not changing anything. And so he's he was never constrained by how bad the movies were. The movies were just bad on the face of it. Yeah, I mean, um, it sounds like we're making the same point. Yeah, yeah well, kind of, but I, I think that the, the movies, I, I think that John, what happened in the, the, the TV series, I think was a little bit more independent, even though I, I'm not in the boardroom, so I can't say, and very much they could have 
taking the failures of the movies to be the impetus to give him that. And and that's why the only reason why I say it's an optimistic view is because really and truly, I think there's enough independence between the two developments that they might not have, but eh. Yeah, but... I'm just glad... The reason why I say that, that though, this is here now. Yeah, because the reason why I say that, though, is that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like the idea to make a miniseries based on your overall IP is a new thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Star Wars has been making movies for, like, 40 years, and the only time they really... Made yeah, anything 50, non an, yeah the only time they only made anything non animated as a side to Star Wars was after their the trilogy fucking shitted down all I'm saying is like it's true no, it, no, you're the right. failure Clone the failure encourages the failure people to trilogy. change directions right if something is mm-hmm. successful there's no need to change it true right you you don't you Hollywood is if it ain't broke don't fix it oh but, they love going down the straight road but you feel me but if it's broken they're much more likely to. Uh, take outside um and that's ideas. why I absolutely would take what you uh what you were saying uh with with some with some um weight because that is true you know if the shitty movies they were making were successful they would have absolutely asked John Favreau to make a shitty yeah. you know what I mean TV series as well and then but, they would have put a bunch of constraints about how it had to fit mm-hmm. into the timeline that they're doing and all that other oh, yeah, shit oh yeah, yeah you got to talk you have to tie into our cute shit so you have to make other cute shit to go into our cute shit yeah yeah that's how we make money. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I that definitely does um um uh ring true to me. But uh yeah, dude, fucking I really appreciate where the Mandalorian is right now. Like I definitely couldn't foresee them uh bringing these storylines this close together, and I think that they did a really good job of it, especially with uh, a character that I thought was a throw kind of throwaway character who was in like the first episode of Mandalorian. Then pops up again on Mom Gideon's uh, ship, and then now we're following him again. It's like, whoa, this character. I feel like he's gonna. We're gonna find out that he has some more significance later on in Star Wars mythology, because yeah, I I, I, I find it interesting that we keep on. He keeps on popping up in the Mandalorian storyline, and so yeah, I'm enjoying that uh, as well. But yeah, Grogu. Grogu's a, he, he's becoming such a, a enthralling character. I'm like, damn, dude, we're actually going to have to see the Mandalorian Grogu adventure series, like where they're actually <laughs> out doing mercenary shit together. Like like Han and, and Chewbacca, we got to see Grogu and, 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 and Jin go out and do their thing thing, right? No? Uh, I mean, I feel like, aren't, are we already seeing that? You know, but well, I guess you mean like of it. I guess the, you the, mean the like specifically capturing bounties. But then again, I still don't think he's going back to the life of a bounty hunter, though. But or maybe not counting uh, catching bounties, but doing adventures of their own design, not just trying to like, oh, okay, I'm in redemption. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Something that they themselves have a combined uh, 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 interest in that I'm interested to see. Okay, but um, yeah, and I guess that 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 would require Grogu to to grow up a little bit, but. I wonder, do you think that we'll ever see a, a more mature version of Baby Baby Yoda? Probably not in this series. Well, maybe not in this series, but in maybe future um yeah future properties. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> it, it, Grogu is a marketing opportunity, right? And he works really well as a baby. So if we'll ever see him again, that 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 depends on the Mandalorian storyline. And I more so prefer to have a good contained story, right? So you know if. if if this story wraps up and then they start another chapter where they're doing shit, great. I mean, I don't Do know. Do baby if Yodas that, have but... a labor union? No. 
I mean, like, yo, is my man's rights being protected right now, yo? Like, are they just gonna age him out and be like, yo, we got an older fucking Yoda to play you now? Like, damn, bro, this was my role. No, I'm nah, that, that merchant, that baby Yoda merchandising <laughs> money is too good. I can't see, and also because they age so slowly, I can't see him maturing anytime soon. Like, he's gonna, by the time he's an adult, then would probably be an old man. I mean, you're looking at. I mean, Yoda was looking old, but he was like 900, right? Mm-hmm. And so, Grogu's 50 right now. Grogu's 50? He probably not even going to... Yo, man are going to be well dead by the time that man's a teenager. Yep. <laughs> Wait, by the time that man is a teenager? <laughs> but yeah, Yoda... Baby Yoda is uh, definitely going to outlive Jin. And I guess based on the way that his race ages, it, it's perfect for the, the TV series because he'll never be uh, too... Too old to, yeah. to be Baby Yoda. That in the particular show. combo, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you know, in a few generations, they are from the same Mandalorian uh, uh, tribe now. So maybe, maybe that is he's a cool raising part of Mandalorian culture. Maybe he's he's gonna be uh, uh, raising Din's kid in in or Din's grandkid or something in a future series. Well, okay, if they if they progress uh, Grogu's storyline where. He is a force-wielding Mandalorian. He's trying to revive a new type of Mandalorian culture. And, like, it's his head. That would be dope. <laughs> Just as, like, if they do it as creatively as they're doing this, at least. You know what I mean? Like, they, I mean, that would be very, I think, a very difficult storyline to, to develop. But, man, that would be kind of cool. Seeing Grogu revive uh, new Mandalore. But, I mean, I feel like that's... Uh, 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 Din and what's her face's mission. So by oh. the time by the time he grows up, I feel like he'd have oh, a completely different mission. By the way, yo, mission. fuck those niggas for blowing up her palace like that, yo. That was fucking <laughs> dick. I was like, yo, my nigga, why y'all just gonna bomb the palace though? Y'all even gonna leave it there so you could like? It was one person in that palace. Y'all couldn't just leave the palace and take take care of her so that y'all could use the infrastructure. Like, nah, nah. be. We because that whole it, thing it's up. mismatched. Like, we blow up everything else, but there's this one perfect building on this fucking side of the planet. It looks weird. <laughs> oh, uniformity. Yeah. It's like when you're biting your nails. You can't just buy one. Yeah, nail. it's you like it, it was It was fucking with the Empire's OCD. They couldn't They couldn't just leave the one perfect building well, standing if it's the rubble. If there's anything the Empire has, it's OCD fucking day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah. Uniformity. Everything's got to be the same, bro. Oh yeah, we're just gonna level this palace, dude. There's no animosity. It just has to be bombed out like everything else. It's okay. Yeah, fucking pushed her out, bro. <laughs> she ain't got nothing left. Bro. Well, at least now she got a new family. She she's got something. I know. Left. At least now she uh, she's got a she's got a, uh, a a new thing. And you know, that's an interesting storyline that I hope to see more of developed. I'm pretty sure they're building up to it. And that is Din moving towards Bo-Katan's openness. While Bo-Katan learns to understand Jin's traditionalist, this uh, is traditionalness. You see what I'm saying? Um, I think that that's going to be... I hope that that's well-developed. Because I think that's a very powerful sentiment to carry out um, throughout this show. Because there is absolutely a, a uh, um, benefit to upholding progressive ideals. But traditions also hold a value you know what i mean and shouldn't just be disregarded wholesale they should be updated with new knowledge you know what i mean and so i think that that's a, a really cool um interplay to have between the two of them uh that you know i hope they talk about uh more of in the show but yeah mandalorian definitely 
enjoying the season as it's coming about. I, and see, I, I, I wonder what the 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 uh, the visual drop of the mythosaur is all about. They keep on name dropping them. They keep they gave them a little cameo shot, but. Boca Tan brought up, like, yo, did you see anything down there? He's like, nah, B, I just fell, bro. My armor was too heavy. My bad, dog. She's like, damn it. Yeah. This nigga knew what's up with the mythosaur, dog. It's to fulfill the prophecy at the end of the season. Someone's going to fulfill the prophecy. We just don't know whether it's Oh, someone's about to tame that nigga? We just don't know whether it's Din or uh, uh, or Bo. Bo. I think that they both... Bo's battle prowess, I think that she's definitely... I I appreciated that they put it on display. Um, earlier on in the season, you know what I mean? Because we hadn't seen her real, like we saw her like rocket in and take care of a bunch of like pirates and shit. Some, you know, lightweight, but she put in some work. You know what I mean? Earlier this season, she's the the light buckler and her wielding of the fucking uh, dark saber is still awe inspiring to me. So I'm like, yo, I think she's she's definitely uh, uh, fulfilling the requisite battle prowess to be a leader of Mandalore, if she just kind of wisens up a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, I think she lacked wisdom before when she was trying to lead. Um, and if she just kind of steps it up a little bit, I wouldn't be mad to see if Bo-Katan, uh, 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 in the end, uh, turned out to be the one to tame the Mythosaur and, and lead Mandalore. Especially because Mando strikes me as a, as a wanderer, yo. He needs to be on the move, doing shit, you know, making things happen around the universe. My man's got a... Uh, a light speed personal cruising spaceship. Like, come on, dog. Can't tie that man down. He ain't ready for that. He barely ready for daddy life. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Mandalorian is, is dope. So yeah, did you um did you want to talk some about Cocaine Bear? Yeah. Um Cocaine Bear was fun. It w- it wasn't as fun as I thought it would have been based on the name, but you know, I think it suffers from the um like the creature feature problem of the the monsters way more interesting than the human beings that are populate the movie with it. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, but that's good, right? That that should be the case. Like, cause you didn't go there for. for... I mean, I would prefer balance, but then okay. again, that's you know that that's me balancing all things. So it's it's um it is what it is. For, I did enjoy it. It's not like I, I guess it, it was fun. Um, so it's got an A story, a B story, a C story. The A story is and C story. Okay. The A story is a um, uh, this drug runner. First of all, people don't know this is based on a real life story. So in 1985, there's this drug runner that tried to parachute out of a plane, smuggling a bunch of drugs, but his parachute was too heavy, and my nigga fell and died. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and further on in the forest, a bear discovered some of that cocaine Hold and he on. ate Can the shit. Can I just shit. pause real quick? Because parachutes are, are rated for a lot of fucking weight. Like, yeah. it's it's rated for, like, several hundred pounds. Yeah, they said that he so, had um, 45 kilograms of cocaine on him as well as weapons. So, yeah, my man's was, you know. <laughs> I mean, it had to be more than 45 kilos. That bear must have ate so much cocaine because oh, yeah, it no, had to no, be they way spend, more than 45. No, that's just what was on him when he fell. He was smuggling a plane full of drugs, and those also scattered out of the plane during flight. That was just yeah. what was on him when he fell to his death. Uh, okay, because I'm just thinking, like, yo, to over-encumber a parachute, my nigga, why did you jump out with that much drugs? It was high, nigga. What do you mean? <laughs> 
I love how you always ask, like, why didn't he make the logical decision in this scenario? He was probably fucking high I mean, and his plate was going down. You're parachuting out of a... Like, and he's trying to save as much drugs idea. as possible. Like, my nigga, where were you parachuting to? Like, into the middle with all those drugs? With who? Like, where the homies at, nigga? Now, from my understanding, the plane had some... Uh, the plane started going down. It had technical difficulties, so he had to get off the plane. And he also had to carry as much drugs. of the drugs as possible. <laughs> the, well, the reason why is because, you know, you can't just be like, oh, sorry, supplier, I lost your drugs. It fell out of the plane with the plane crash. Like, that doesn't matter. You still need to give them money, which is also a plot of the movie. The reason why Ray Liotta's character, which is the sea story, is so interested in getting the drugs is because if he doesn't deliver on that money, him and his family are going to get killed for that money because it's like $15 million worth of cocaine. So... Presumably, I don't know. I wasn't there. I was with that nigga. But presumably, the drugs was it was it was gonna be his life regardless. It was either gonna die in the yeah. crash or they were gonna kill him for losing the money that he that. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a plane thing. crash. <laughs> I hear yeah. Yeah, but well, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, movies, yeah, movies. You're right, but it's not just that. You'd have to explain that to the drug dealers and then convince them. So you know. I mean, but it's a plane crash. It's not hard to convince. It's not about convincing them. It's about whether or not they give a shit. About that, that sort oh, of thing. You feel yeah, me? but no, murder is way too. Yo, yo, people in the drug game don't just be murdering you for no, not even just for no reason, but for a reason that doesn't solve the problem. Like if you fuck up and they'll just never talk to you again. That's more likely going to happen than they actually murder you because murdering you is now going to have to deal with all of the. So anyway, it's a movie. I'm sorry, I'm thinking too much. <laughs> But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the A story is that the bear finds the drugs that was in there, and he's basically going on a cocaine bender for a day or so. Uh, the B story— As he should. He found it. That's his cocaine. <laughs> Nigga, finders keepers, dog. Nah, B. Don't call him cocaine bear because he's doing his own cocaine, bro. Fuck that. I that nigga's just a normal bear doing normal bear— No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> and the the B story stars um Carrie Russell from uh uh, uh what is it uh, old school kids from the actual WB days remember her as Felicity. What? But um even uh, though that wasn't a kid show, but yeah, no. Yeah, no, it wasn't a kid show, young, but it came out when we were absolutely. around. Absolutely, I definitely when we remember were kids. <laughs> that movie, you know, they, they like, plastered the advertising with that show, but yeah. Um, and During the B story show. is that uh she's a single mom and she's uh, her daughter. She has a young teenage daughter and she's now taking time away from the teenage daughter to go to see her new uh love interest because mm. she was supposed to go with the daughter to go paint the secret falls in the forest in the in the in the park she uh, paint her? chattahoochee Tennessee? wasn't established oh okay. in the um chattahoochee no i'm sorry not chattahoochee it's the other one uh it's the other one that i can't remember but it's a it's a forest national park in there and she's about to she wants to paint some falls in the forest but okay. mom's just like nah let's go hang out with david instead you like hanging out with david right so oh, she's like whack. yeah 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 we'll do that that's fine and so she skips schools to go paint the falls on her own time while the bear is in the woods so that's the b story and the c story is that um ray Liotta playing the drug dealer sends his son and o'shea jackson jr to go recover what's left of the drugs and it's sort of the movies about how those three plots come together and mm. the bear fucks up lots of people. But it's there's some really, really, really funny sequences with the bear, like the like the whole sequence with the paramedics and shit. That, <laughs> that one is pretty hilarious. But I, I definitely enjoyed it for the um 
uh, uh, the part that didn't involve the B story, I really, really like. I didn't, you know, it's me. I'm too, I'm too logical. Them kids is fucking stupid. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Especially because it's like established that she's just doing it for attention and she knows that as well. So it's just like, man, you annoying. Like, you know I me. Mean? I don't like fucking moronic kids in movies that are there to push the plot forward. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what, but like kids demanding attention, getting, nah, don't demand my attention, dog. <laughs> Please don't do that. That's funny. I mean, you know, it is what it is. If, assuming if you're paying attention to your kid, then your kid shouldn't need to demand Absolutely. attention from you. But you know, they're kids. They're and not going to. Given do that. that she, she, the, the mother wasn't willing to go with her to the falls, and that's what she, and that's what she said. That's what she wanted to do. Yeah, feel me. She changed the plans on him. Mom's got to expect repercussions for shit like that. Yeah, self-destructive repercussions. <laughs> Listen, if there's anything that I've learned, is that you got to expect self-destructive repercussions from your kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're learning. They don't know how to do anything else. You feel me? If your child is mature enough to know to express themselves, consider yourself lucky. If your child is be like, hey, mom, look, I don't appreciate you doing that. You minimize my time to give to that nigga. And it's not fucking cool. You know what I'm saying? At least you could do both, balancing all things, mom. You're like, I, you know, I don't expect kids to say that. Bruh. I don't if your kid says that. that to you and you don't respond, just you go ahead. Go ahead and chalk it up. You're going to hell. So I totally understand <laughs> kids to express themselves the, with the tools that they have, which is emotions. <laughs> Emotional damage. Emotions and impulses, you know? It's par for the course. But overall, I, I think um the bear kills were dope. Um uh, uh, the O'Shea Jackson Jr. part and and uh, Ray Liotta's son. So that part is actually pretty funny. Um, How's O'Shea's performance? He's a pretty good actor from what I've seen. He's good. So far. He's fucking great. I mean, he didn't really get a lot to do. I mean, he's, oh, just, okay. he's just playing like a the comedic like best friend type dude. Like, so basically, um, Ray Liotta's son is played by the guy who played Solo, Alden Ehrenreich, or however you pronounce his name. I don't remember. Okay. And... Um, uh, uh, he's he's really depressed because I I think his wife or his girlfriend, baby mom, I think his wife, I don't remember, but she just died. Like off screen, when you first meet him, he's like really, it was like, yo, go pick up my drugs and take my son with you because he's been fucking, he's been super depressed all day. And you see him and he's just in a bar like fucking saying goofy shit. And it's like it's played for, it's a little sad. It's it's not sad at all because it's played for laughs. But you know, I, when you look at it, <laughs> when you look at it with you know. When you overthink it, it's it's a little bit like, damn, they're just using this nigga's pain for laughs, but it, it, it works. And um, they pretty much go on a journey, on a healing journey for him while attempting to find the drugs. And there's just a whole bunch of shenanigans and fuckery along the way. Sounds fun. Sounds yeah. like sounds like those are those are good uh, plot lines to interweave. I, I I did. I I think the movie worked. I thought it was really funny. You know what I'm saying? I just. It's me, person. The, the B story didn't really hit with me personally, but mm-hmm. overall, the movie was still very enjoyable. Could have been a little bit funny. I, 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 I saw an interesting tweet that's like Cocaine Bear opened up a whole new genre of of drug animal uh, <laughs> pair ups that could really, could really do hit. It. What? And I'm like, like All a right. cocaine gator, Lake Placid, bro. bro That'd be a listen. Hit. The bath salts alligator from Florida Yo, is going to do wreck it. shop, bro. Oh my god, a crocodile on crocodile, bro. Bro, bath salts crocodile, bro, is going to wreck shop on the body count. Let's do it. I'm with that shit. Um, it, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks, and she said when she read the story, she felt really bad for the bear because the real life bear didn't kill anybody. Oh he no, just... the real life bear got put down quick, fast. No, no, his heart exploded. <laughs> Like, I, okay, I heard he died early, though. Yeah, yeah, he died in, like, a day, and they found him, like, the day after the dude had parachuted down and died. 
and his his heart oh, he didn't exploded get to kill. super oh, okay. hard. Now nah, the real bear didn't kill anybody. The real bear is not a murderer. <laughs> he just, you know, he even, just, yo, even more so. How are we gonna call him Cocaine Bear when he's just doing his own cocaine? The real bear is not called Bro. Cocaine Bear. The movie bear is. Why do, was he a black bear? Yes, he One, was. He, no wonder he got a bad rap. You, <laughs> Bro, he's a black bear. Bro, of course he's going to get the. Bro, was was he a thug? <laughs> I mean, he was thugging. He was thugging, bro. Like so, the way he um they, went up the tree to eat that one nigga was pretty thugging. A, a thugging brown bear. <laughs> this is '85. There wasn't any reporting. It was taking place in '85, so there wasn't. Oh, he was a super predator there. then. Feel me? There was no like reporting on it. Oh man, that's too funny. But it was enjoyable. I fucks with it. Great cast. Um, uh, uh, the smaller parts were pretty funny, and everybody that got. No, nah, that's not true. The paramedics. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't bad people. But everybody that died, pretty much, like you were like, ha ha, <laughs> you got eight. <laughs> Except for the paramedics, because they were just trying to do their job, bro. Nah, B. Why was they, they in the forest when there's cocaine bear around, dog? Because <laughs> because the, <laughs> the the goofball um uh, uh somebody called them. There was there there was there was a goofball park ranger in there that was doing goofball park ranger Listen, things. Listen, everybody catches strays. Facts. But that bear was not playing, bro. He wanted. If you had cocaine on you, you're fucking up. You feel me? Oh, oh, oh the bear wanted the cocaine. You are fucking up. Oh, like, there, there's he gave been, a set, he gave a, he gave a Yes, for it. like, after he had fucking, like, once my nigga was in the grips, there were a few scenes Damn. where, like, <laughs> shit would calm down and somebody would, like, have some cocaine and bear would be like... <laughs> wow! And then just That's fucking, great. like, mad dash that towards the great. person, bro. Because like, it is such a, a, a embellishment on reality. That's absolutely <laughs> not what would happen. <laughs> bro, especially, like, like the, the paramedic scene. Talk about embellishment. Like, yo, that's uh, a fucking cocaine bear hopped up chasing down a, a speeding um, uh, 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 ambulance. Is uh and then and then that fucking leap is really good. It, w- it would have been awesome if at the end of the movie, like the bear ended up like being a polymorph druid, and it was just a nigga that was like <laughs> that'd be oh, fucking. It awesome. was a druid that was all hopped up. It was like oh, okay, no normal bear would have done that. That's clearly that's clearly somebody with magical powers. Yeah, that's funny. That's a line in the in, in the uh in the movie. He was like, "That's not a normal bear. Okay. <laughs> that bear is clearly deranged. <laughs> that bear is, is clearly like different. Bear. Okay." Oh, I, I, I'm not here to stigmatize the bear, but that nigga different. Uh, that was funny, man. There was this one time when one of the kids like to crawl up in the tree, and the mom is is like trying to get him down, and she's just like, "Yo," she, the kid is like, "Oh, I'm fine up here. Bears can't climb trees." And Nick, she's like, "Yeah, they can." What? <laughs> so Nick's like, "So why what? am I up here then?" They love it when you're in a tree. That's really? easy pickings. Facts, bro. No way, man. I don't know, but unless yeah, you could jump out the tree. Bears aren't keen to jump out of trees. Also, that's that. See that that was that was my first thing, bro. Like, get him to chase you. That, the tree if that nigga starts over the tree, but then he, you know, bro, if you're gonna kill me, you gonna have to earn it, bro. Fuck that. Oh, bro. See, that's what I'm saying. You have bro. to earn it. I'm it's die so exhausted, funny. bro. Because I I've heard on several occasions people talk about like, man, I hope the podcast <laughs> never happens because I'm not a fighter like that, and I'm like, what? Nigga, I ain't going to Nor am I. Easy. I'm not a fighter either, but I do. I'm a person that does. I'm a person that do what they feel that they got to do. You feel me? That's but you're it. a survivor. When I say fighter, yeah. I mean that's synonymously with, yeah. with survivor. You feel me? Like, I'm not a, that you go out to pick fights. But exactly. I, but if you I'm bring the fight to me. Oh, bro. I do not go quietly into the night. Bring the fight to me. I don't know nothing about that. Feel me? But at that point, I ain't got no other choice. Fuck, what am I supposed to do? Shit. 
So yeah, dude, fucking cocaine bear, bro. I'm not trying to fist fight that nigga, but I'm definitely trying to survive. Not facts. Yeah, no, no, no. Like people, facts. People, yo, there was a whole internet thread about people talking about they could fight bears, and I'm like, bro, what? Yo, mud. Are you talking about? Yo, we're telling that Jamaican, I'm fling rocks to enough that the bear, brother. Yo, Reggie. That is effective because bears are very frightened by projectiles. They don't fuck with projectiles. Most predatory animals don't fuck with projectiles. Like, if you hit them from afar, they're like, all right, see, now you're not playing fair. I'm like, yo, what is that? What was that? Oh, because animals can't throw shit because y'all whack. L2 thumbs, nigga. Well, yeah, and it totally breaks their paradigm. Like, yo, my nigga, what? Just hit. It's like, what did you, what was that? I was focused, man. I was over here stalking. It's like it's like anime when you meet the new bad guy and the niggas got some yeah. wild powers. That's exactly what, it like, is. what the fuck? Every time you hit what? every time you hit a wild cat with a rock, that nigga you just broke out a new ninjutsu. You on feel that me? He was like, yo, what the fuck, nigga? I didn't even know the world worked like that. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> Don't know how I uh got side oh fighting off the cocaine bear. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Just not no, gonna mean, happen. Fighting off cocaine humans is hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> you feel fighting me? off a cocaine human is bad enough. You feel it? Nah, it was good though. I, I, it's it's nice fun if you want to fun like, and it's short too. It's like an hour and a half. So good times. Nah, but we definitely need to get together and um write up a treatment for um bath sauce crocodile. <laughs> I'm waiting, bro. That shit is about to be busted. Bath yeah. salts, crocodiles, smuggling bath salts through the swamps when your fucking boat can't, when you're, uh, uh, what's that fucking or, boat with or, the big or fan a bunch on the of, back? A bunch of rednecks take some bath salts onto the sawgrass while they go frog hunting. <laughs> Come on, that's authentic. And I know rednecks like, who go onto the sawgrass frog hunting. And they fucking, the idea that they would be doing bath salts is not crazy. A fucking alligator sees a big bullfrog oh, and shit. goes to get him, ends up getting a mouthful of bath salts, and it's all over from there. Come on, baby. I got this. Let's do this. And the movie ends when the main character gets high on bath salts and eats the crocodile. Nah. It's like a battle. It's a battle between the kid and the crocodile. The movie ends with the with with the with the uh crocodile gets into an apartment building and clears it out and takes up residence, and then they end up turning it into a zoo attraction. <laughs> hey, come see the bath salts crocodile, and people just keep dying, but they keep on inviting people. Nah, that's, man. That's 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 very Florida. <laughs> Crocodile's not gonna hang out though, man. You can't contain crocodile croc. <laughs> bath salts croc? Feel me? <laughs> But yeah, nah, that would be fucking hilarious, dude. If they if that starts a whole genre of like creature flick, I, I don't know. I'm kind of here for it. Kind of here for it. Yeah, that was fun. But yeah, um, I caught a a, a stand up from. Are you familiar with Bert Kirshner? Yeah, Bro, the machine. The machine. Yes, this, he. I like. I'm really coming to appreciate his style of uh, storytelling comedy. Stand up was dope. His most recent one. Not for nothing, my nigga came out, first thing he did, Take took off his shirt, off his shirt bro. Yeah. Beer belly and all. I was like, I'll do my whole stand-up like this. I hope mm-hmm. you enjoy it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I fuck with that confidence. Bring that energy out here, bro. It, yo, not for nothing, it it was a good stand-up. You know, I, I, he did a lot of, uh, he does a lot of stories about him and his wife, mm-hmm. which it seems like an extremely endearing uh, uh, relationship. Like, they're made for each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Like She compliments him really well. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because he makes a joke about, like, I hope you guys know, she doesn't sound like this at all. I just keep doing her in this voice because it makes her upset. And I can't wait to hear how she, what she has to say when I get home about this. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. But, uh, yeah, dude, he's the kind of Southerner that I can kind of rock with. You know what I mean? Like, somebody who, who genuinely knows how to enjoy the culture, and 
you know, identify like the vast and utter discrepancies that come up because of the culture's history. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And because of the fact that he is, uh, he tells his jokes unironically. You know what I mean? He's very self-aware. It, it it allows a lot of his more raunchy jokes to kind of land. They they land because you know they're not coming from someone who's a direct bigot. At least not from the persona that they that they project into the uh, into the public uh, sphere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah, dude, he has he has a couple of good ones. Like there's one where uh, I, I'm not gonna go do the old joke, but he's read it down through it. He's like, yo. I don't care who my child loves. He could it could be a man, woman, man, woman, woman, man, anything. I don't care as long as it's white. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> got him. And I was like, but you know, there's a whole subsection of people who are like, yep, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was a, it was a really funny one, but that one lands because you know he's not genuine about that. Like you know he's. He's joking. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. for me, when people say those kind of jokes ironically, that shit don't land with me, and I'm not here to laugh at that shit. You know what I mean? But yeah, his his stand-up is full of shit like that. It's really funny. Yeah, um, he's really good. He's um he he has a podcast with Tom Segura called Two Bears, One Cave that's actually pretty funny, where they just sort mm -hmm. of, like, shoot the shits and tell jokes and bag on people and each other. I You know, I got to check that podcast out, because I just saw a clip from it recently where um he was talking to someone... And I don't know, is it comedians that go on that show? Because, yeah. okay, then it had to be a bit. Because their back and forth was the most ridiculous shit that I had heard in a while. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. Please don't tell me that these two people believe these two things that they're saying. Nah. But if you realize it's Tom two comedians is an ex is out an of context. is an excessive provocateur. Yes, okay, because what you, absolutely. They have this one thing, well, Tom Zagura has But you this... know what the problem was? Is that somebody had cut it out of context and yeah, was using it that's as. the internet. And and was using it as verification for the points that they were joking about, and I yeah. was like, "Oh Jesus!" That's Christ. how the internet works these days. You clip things and you use them to sell your but point. But I recognized Tom, and so it made me double take. So that's why I didn't take it seriously. But yeah, so and furthermore, it made me interested in whatever show he was talking about because it was ridiculous the exchange they were having. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Tom Segura has this one um, running joke where he says that. Um, uh, Garth Brooks has murdered several people. Garth Brooks is a murderer. That's like a long-running joke of his, and I don't remember how it came about. It's something like uh, some women disappeared uh, <laughs> in some southern state or something like that. And Tom Segura was just like, "Yo, those dates line up with fucking Garth Brooks tour dates. Where are the women? <laughs> Where are the women, Garth?" He decided, bro. He figured it out. And so you know, they do shit like that all the time. Where it's just like, yeah, if you don't know that they're comedians and you just see see that yeah it'll, it'll it'll fuck your mind up well oh yeah no no this was on some straight up culture war shit too i was like oh really wow when i so when you said hold on provocateur i was like oh absolutely mm -hmm. that was a very provocative exchange that he was having with the with this lady but yeah nonetheless um burt kirshner yeah definitely check out that uh latest stand-up he did it's on netflix fuck if yeah, i remember the he's name. actually making a movie based on his first stand-up the machine Oh, okay. Lucky him. The, the story machine got turned into a movie. Well, you know, that's I could definitely see that. He's a great storyteller. I can see him definitely storyboarding some some comedy uh, movies. <laughs> he's, he's very, very funny. Like, he has a story about how uh, he thought Will Smith wanted to fuck him. <laughs> Bro, I would, not for nothing, I would love to see a, a story based off of him and his wife and their family. Gosh. It, it sounds hilarious. His two daughters sound 
like a riot. If if those stories have any like threads in reality, oh man, oh man, he's probably got a fucking plethora of, of, of stories to 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 tell about that. But yeah, definitely check that out. But yeah, it was a good decent weekend of of watching for me. But uh, other than that, we could go ahead and move on into some of these hit topics, um, dude. So are you familiar with um, an application called Glaze? I am not. Okay, so Glaze is a uh, digital rights management program, essentially, that indie artists can use to encode their images before uploading them to the internet to prevent AI um, from being able to scrape their image Ooh, and create cool. and, and use them in their database. So essentially, when the image gets uploaded to an AI, what the AI sees is scrambled. Essentially, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of intermediary and I watched, the, I looked at the flow diagram. It's actually a several step process uh, to get the image to be unreadable by the AI. But that's what the program is there for, is to make all of that um, uh, happen behind the scenes. And so it's a very, very recent program, but it's caused a ton of uh, controversy in the community because... You do, you know, you have artists who create digital art who want to try to protect their, their, uh, their works, and on the other side of it, you have the kind of free internet fanatics. I guess you would refer to them as people who who refer to this as data poisoning, like not allowing AI free. Uh, collection on the internet is somehow encumbering the progress. Like it's a a more luddite view of 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 interfacing with this technology. But yeah, I, I was I thought I mean you know I'm I'm pretty sure you can guess where I stand on that. Um, anything that allows someone to protect their own uh, uh, property without damaging themselves or the consumer and the greater environment that we live in is fine um now i guess what they're trying to do is define ai as part of the general environment and it's 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 uh somehow detracting from a public commons that ai should have access to but i don't know i, I think would be it's very surprised if the people with that opinion are not working for the ai companies i would be very very surprised if they if the ai companies didn't have something directly involved to do with this because but then again it's just one of those things it's all right it's okay if someone has a different opinion and fuck them protect the shit anyway well and and, and ultimately right now there, there's no legislation <clears throat> or regulations that uh preside over this so it is just a matter of whether the artists are interested in protecting themselves in this way or not. Um, but, I mean, Elon Musk has a huge amount of people who think that he's beneficial. And I think that there's a huge amount of overlap between people who are AI, uh, free internet uh, enthusiasts, and the circle of people who support Elon Musk. And it's, and, and it's because of this, you know, general idea that somehow unfettered technological progress is is uh, ultimately always going to end up in the benefit of humanity, which and and that's part of the the issue 
is that I see what they're saying. Is it is it a, a hindrance to quote unquote technological progress to not a, to for artists to uh, at large start to not contribute to this free bank of data that they have? I guess it is anti the progress of your AI algorithm. You know what I mean? So I guess you're right in saying that. But who's to say that the progress of your AI algorithm is a good thing? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the artists should be able to individually decide whether they want to contribute to that. And guess what? I'm sure there's artists who choose not to protect it and who are happy to put their works out in that space. I'm sure it's not a lot of them. But if they exist, let them do that. And hopefully you can support your AI database off of that community. But what you shouldn't do is try to force people who aren't interested in doing that to have to not use tools that they believe are protecting them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that is very much against the general sentiment of the American culture that's been built up. You know what I mean? People are using these tools to protect themselves. You know what I mean? And to, to try to, it's like, where, where's the capitalism in that? Where's, where's the, the, the bring it up by your bootstraps like that? Like it's, it's, it's always fine and dandy when corporations find new ways to exploit resources from you, but it's never okay for you to find ways to protect yourself from exploitation. Weird, weird dichotomy. You know what I mean? And when I say weird, it means it's obviously a double standard that they've set because it suits them for some reason, you know? But um, yeah, dude, culturally, I just don't understand why that would even be an issue that all of a sudden artists have a way to protect their IPs and now we're like, yeah, I mean, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Like, wait, what? Corporations protect their IP all the fucking time. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those questions that doesn't really need an answer, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, why do you like, why do you wear seatbelts? Why do you stop at stop signs? Why, why, why do you look both ways before you cross the street? Like, I, fundamentally, anybody who's trying to get me to protect myself less is not somebody whose opinion that I ever value. And ultimately, that's, wherever you land on this side of this, because I do understand the idea that if you do believe in AI technology, then you need the internet to be open and free of, of these kind of, uh, of movements. So I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. But ultimately, all throughout the burgeoning of the AI art movement, Nobody was 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 talking about doing this until AI art started to monetize without paying the artists. And so once that happened, the artists said, we have to protect ourselves. It's not like the artists started out saying that this, you know what I mean? Like a lot of artists are 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 they might not like it, but they are more uh willing to update with the times and technology than most other people. And so most of them were willing to go with the flow if they could monetize and still make a living off of this. It wasn't until the AI artists made it impossible for them to do so that they decided they needed to protect themselves. And so that goes back to what you were saying. It's like, it, listen, I I get it. We want to, you know, uh, enhance these AI databases, but the artists are trying to protect themselves. Let's address them protecting themselves. I mean, I'm going to always default on that before 
you know what I mean? I, I err on the side of, yeah, man, let's feed the AI. <laughs> like, nah, B, we can't do that, you know? But I mean, and I'm hoping that overall, even if you are going to feed the AI, when you feed yourself, do you just eat everything? Listen, it's one of those things where it's something like, everyone's taught. It's, <laughs> no, but not even I'm talking about portion control. Do you eat fucking dirt? Do you eat? Do you eat everything that can fit into your mouth, or do you only eat things that you think you should be eating? Right? It's one of those things where it's like it's, this isn't even really like. Of course, they're going to do that because they're protecting themselves. Mm-hmm. That is understandable, right? We just happen to be on two opposite ends of a certain spectrum type shit. So. They're, they're going to do that. I don't understand why they're doing that. But I don't think there's really even any point in engaging with them. Just protect yourself. You feel me? It's not even like... Because you're never going to change their mind. They're always going to want to exploit you. And they're always going to want that to be easier. They're mm-hmm. never going to want to work harder to exploit you. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's always up to you to just be like, just no, stay woke. Yeah. That's absolutely. it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And... and- the only reason, and, and I typically am, like to err on the side, especially when it's just like, you know, social media buzz and all that stuff, err on the side of ignoring the things that don't directly impact me or that I don't think have additional context to be added to them. But unfortunately, when it comes to our system, all these people who are on the other side of the AI art uh, uh, um, argument are very oddly litigious. And unfortunately, they have disproportionate abilities to, like, lobby Congress to make this software illegal or something of that nature to to then affect it in the overall uh, 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 discourse. Because, unfortunately, a lot of these issues don't get solved in the industry <laughs> itself because corporations and 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 the people who contribute to corporations, whether they be workers or subcontractors, are at an impasse. And unfortunately, when that happens, it then gets kicked over to the government to to regulate uh, to regulate whatever goes on between them. And unfortunately, they err on the side of corporations. And that's unfortunately probably the larger entity behind wanting to promote AI art. It's probably not a huge amount of individuals. But those individuals represent large, disparate corporations, and they're going to then change the rules. So whereas now it's pro- it's fine, you know, we could talk about it as this, uh, a moral or an industry issue. It's probably going to evolve into a political issue because one side of this argument is probably just going to go run to the government and try to get that program banned, you know? Yeah, and the good thing is if you who don't work in the industry it. can see that, Mm-hmm. then the people who also work in the industry should be able to see that as well. So it's one of the things where, so. like, yeah. hey, you know, you know what I mean? Hey, if you live in a fucking, in the savannah with lions around, and I can see that, and I know that, and you are actually in the savannah, and you don't protect yourself from the lions, bro, that, that's your bad. You feel me? I, I, you're living I it hope. firsthand. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I feel what you're saying, but to me, it's just one of those things where, like, well, you either do or you don't. But yeah, yo, I think that it's, I think that is dope that an application like that exists. It's what it's what every every um productive creative productive industry, um whether it's video games, digital art, music, that's what they need for each individual artist to be able to produce and distribute their wares without fear of 
duplication or or all of the negative ramifications that come with distributing digital um, files. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I hope I hope Glaze can can become a widespread thing for creative industries. You know what I mean? I think that that would be dope, and it would con- completely change the dynamic. It would completely change the dy- the dynamic between artists and and uh, labels, I more so things hope of that, that nature. I more so hope that Glaze is ready for the corporate fight ahead of them. <laughs> for real, because I think because as you just said, if I see it, now you damn sure the corporations see the danger of having something like this exist in the environment. You're you're definitely right about that. So, yeah, dude, I thought that that, that was an interesting one, but um. Yeah, I, I, I definitely look forward to seeing how that pans out for them because, as you said, there's going to be a, a big corporate fight waiting for them on the other side of that. But moving on from that, bro, what's going on with these trains, dog? Seriously. Like, the derailments have been out of control. The, and, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Booty Judge came out on the, on the mic and was, was spitting pure bars. He was like, yo, listen. Thousands of derailments happen every year. Thousands. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I don't know if that's a humble brag <laughs> or if it's supposed to make us feel better, but we should probably work on that number. But nonetheless, he was trying to assuage the fears of all of the recent uh, derailments. What he failed to, to mention is that never before have there been so many derailments of this many dangerous chemicals. Like, there has been minor derailments, and they happen relatively frequently, but never to the size of these. Like, it was a complete false analogy. And that was weeks ago. And now we've, fast forward to today, we've had several more derailments. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's very odd. It's very odd. And I don't know if it's, it's strictly because the media is deciding now that the train derailments is the new, uh, 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 disaster du jour to follow. But um, when you actually look at the numbers, the amount of toxic spills that have happened this year, as stated by the EPA, is up, like, I think it was like 450%, bro. Toxic spills, dude. Most of those coming off of, most of that increase is due off of the trains. Because it's not like, we know, like, Offshore oil rigs aren't that plentiful. There isn't thousands of oil uh, offshore rigs. You know what I mean? There's, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of. Uh, we know about the pipelines. You know all of that stuff. It's not like that's they're sneaking those spills by us. The train derailments that happen in 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 unpopulated areas. I'm sure that's a lot easier to 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 sneak under our nose. But you know the numbers don't lie. A lot of those. A lot of the the rays and toxic spills this year is coming straight from train derailments. You know, and, and and that shit is hugely problematic and hugely disturbing that the, the response to it is to minimize what's happening rather than to identify the problem and reassure people that it's being handled. You know what I mean? Like governance in this country is 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 a is a is a, a thing of the past. Like it's so weird. It's so weird that that people would be accepting of of that response to such made these these are becoming ecological disasters dog these are not just like oh this is a mishandling of, uh, of of an accident no these are major 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 uh ecological and environmental disasters 
that are man-made, caused by our malfeasance, caused by our deteriorating infrastructure, that our government's just like, guys, don't worry about it. Keep drinking the water. You'll be all right. Shit is crazy, bro. It, it, it's really it's, it's really looking bad. It's uh, the state of, of the rail. And then, not to mention, the damage it does to the rail infrastructure that is hugely, hugely influential in the logistics of this country. The logistics of moving stuff from, from coast to coast in this country is supplement, supplemented in large part from rail. It's rail and, 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 uh, and freight. You know, that's, that's the way that we get from coast to coast. And, yeah, our roads aren't doing great. Our rails aren't doing great. And, you know, people aren't really thinking about, like, yo, that's just going to really negatively impact the economy sooner than later. And then when things start happening, they rather look off to, well, you know, there's war in Russia and there's this and there's that. And it's like, yo, how do you think our economy is supposed to run when we do not support the infrastructure that our economy is based off of? But we rather, instead of holding government officials accountable for, for fixing that shit, we rather, you know, think that our economy is more based off of, of the stock market. And it's like, yeah, all of that, but guess where the stock market's getting their information from? What's happening on the ground? You know what I mean? Like, they're watching, you know, news about what's going on in industry, and they see the crumbling infrastructure as, as stock, stock leads, you know? So our economy isn't based off of that. Our economy is based off of the actual factuals, the, the manufacturing base, the, the distribution base that we have built up, and it's crumbling. All these train derailments is a huge fucking problem that is being underplayed by, by, uh, by the government and being, of course, like the mainstream media does, misrepresented because they'll like to tell you, you know, oh, man, you know, uh, 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 well, and, and not for nothing, in East Palestine, after the spill, whenever the media tried to report on anything that was actually going on, they were being arrested and harassed. So, you know, I, I hold I want to hold the mainstream media accountable, but you know, they're scared. And the, and these are not the people we need to, that we should be looking to for courage. They're not going to be the ones standing up for for what's politically right now. They're going to they're going to to do whatever is necessary for them to get the story and if that puts them at risk, then they'll find an easier story to get. You know, or they'll just told and 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 what's worse is that they'll cho they'll choose to toe the line rather than not carry the story. They'd be better off not carrying the story and stoking um, irrational fears. But instead, they, they choose to pick up the line and then become a propaganda engine for Norfolk Southern. You know, it, it, it's a terrible, terrible um, system that we've, we've created with that. But, yeah, man, these train derailments, <clears throat> don't, don't be unaware. Don't be unaware. But, yeah, moving on from that, more banks, more banks, more banks, dude. Did you see uh, another bank in San Francisco, Republic Bank, was a, was about to go under? And now this is what, this, this one surprised the shit out of me. All of their competing banks around them pitched in to bail them out. <laughs> Which, if it was a church, and it was like, yo, the church was like, yo, our tithes aren't covering our bills, can't make it. And then the surrounding churches all came in and said, you know what? We're going to pitch in and, and take care of you. That would be expected. Those are philanthropic organizations. 
Banks are not philanthropic organizations. They are capitalist organizations. They are competitive with other banks. And so the idea that not just one, but multiple of their competing banks decided that what was going on there needed to stay within those walls and not be let out to the to the public. And so it was valuable enough for them to put billions of dollars into bailing them out, despite them being competitors. Boy, oh boy, listen. Yo, this banking system is in crisis, my man. That's not something that banks do. Banks don't bail out other banks. That is not something that they pitch to their shareholders. It's not something that pensions invest in banks to do. Banks do not bail out other banks. That's not a thing. And the fact that we are in that phase of financial capitalization in this country and in the world at large, because don't think that this is an exclusively American issue. It is a systemic issue from financialization of an economy. Look at Credit Suisse, which is a huge international investment bank. They're known for being uh, 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 money launderers for drug uh, dealers and, and, and arms dealers. And they don't give a fuck what you sell. You could come and bank with us. They're in, in, in regulatory trouble for making risky investments. And they had to be bought out by their competing bank, UBS. It's like Universal uh, Banking Systems or something like that. It's a Swiss bank. Um, It'd be hilarious if the acronym was the same in English and in Swiss, but um, they're being bailed out. This is a systemic issue, and I'm, and this is not just isolated to those two instances. The same thing's happening in the UK with their banks. The only place it's not happening in, in is, is China, and that's because their banks are owned by the government. They, they redistribute capital on a regular basis. And so they don't, they don't have to worry about shocks or impacts or failing banks. They just recapitalize, fire the people who are there, put people in who would do the, the job that they want, and move about their business. So, you know, China's not dealing with this. But in all of the other countries that are using unregulated investment capital uh, banks as the mainstay of the financialization of their economy, they're all suffering the same thing, you know? And, and I'm interested to see what kind of ramifications this has in the long run because you know, the banking system and the financialization of it is what drove down the prices of a lot of things that a lot of that that people in the middle class have have come to appreciate. You know, that's the that's the what paid for, you know, the proliferation of internet and all of that stuff. You know, yes, there was a lot of government subsidies, but the the investments that went into Google and all these companies came from investment capital from banks and stuff like that. So it created some of the infrastructure, but at the same time did nothing to to regulate itself to prevent it from from going sideways. You know, and 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 now that we've run the full course of that, you know, the world's about, you know the world banking industries because Germany goes through the same kind of banking um issues. You know, France does it's going to come to a reckoning. You know, America's is hitting right now. And it's because there's there, there's no there's no loyalty in these systems. The people put the money in the banks and the banks do what they do under the expectation that these people are are somewhat quote unquote invested in them that they 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 want them to win. But God forbid that those people lose goodwill and they choose to take their money back. Nothing stops them from doing that, 
You know, it's not a sustainable system. You know, it's it, it it's essentially it it's a big um it's a big pyramid scheme. You know, and once you can't get more people to pay in so that you can pay the people you owe, the pyramid scheme collapses. And that's what our that's what the financial uh, uh, system right now is dealing with, is that the 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 investment scheme, at least in the Silicon Bank Valley um, scenario, they were taking long term investments with with high interest payouts to hedge against all of the short term low interest payouts that they were that they were taking on from the VCs. That's a Ponzi scheme. Borrowing from the future to purchase things today that or or to pay people today, that's that's a Ponzi scheme. You know? We literally have been allowing the financial industry to create an entire a Ponzi scheme of our entire global financial capital system. You know, and, and it's coming to a head now. And and whether or not we're gonna, you know, burst the bubble before, you know, it, it becomes too big. Or whether we're going to let them destroy the whole system on the way down, you know, I mean, I guess there's a bunch of people meeting in Davos, Switzerland to figure that out for us. You know what I mean? Like, it just sucks that the average person has no say in that. You know, um, but yeah, dude, the banking system, pay attention to it. It is not all good as they as the media would like you to, to believe. It really isn't. Um, it's going to get bad. And I and I'm and I'm hoping that like in all banking crises, which if history is any any teacher, it's just gonna squeeze the average person. The average person who I just talked about had no say in any of these policies that are good that are tanking the, the financial system as we speak. You know? And, and and that's the problem with governmental austerity and why I never believe in it when you know, IMF goes to these poorer countries and says, hey, we'll lend you money, but only if you do austerity. It's like, stop squeezing the money from the little people. Do austerity for the fucking rich people. You know what I mean? Like, squeeze the people who have money. Because if you're squeezing the people who don't have money and you're taking from what little they have to survive, you're just making, you're just making situations worse. And you're better off not, like, offering them money. Like, everyone's like, oh, but what about the starving kids and they need money in these poor you know, countries in, in, in Africa or these poor countries in Southeast Asia. And it's like, no, they're better off without that. Also, you're not <clears throat> putting the money there anyway. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I mean, you can try to play other people. Don't try to play me. Like, I know you ain't feeding no fucking starving kids, regardless of how much money you've got. And that's, and, and so that's, that's the, that's part of the, the issue that we run into, you know, like we don't have any, this is a very undemocratic system. This this uh, international financing uh, uh, economy that that we've all decided to partake in, um, and unfortunately, it turns out that it doesn't have the returns. You know what I mean? Like it's a finance system, not a governance system. But we keep turning and 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 putting on a financial system the things we expect from governance, which is like dealing with you know, out of control industry. That's not something that finance will do. Finance will only feed out of control industries. We need good governance to deal with regulating them. And the finance industry will never regulate any industry, especially not itself. And that's why these banks will just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as long as we let them, you know? 
and and the only way we have to interface with them is unfortunately through a system that they have captured through lobbying. You know, it I just it really makes me despair when I think about it cuz I just don't know how much longer the world can go on like this. And it it's not as if there is an off-ramp anymore. I don't see that there's any off-ramp for this economic system. You know, it's so deeply uh uh it's so deeply intertwined into so many nation states you know what i mean like if there was a global revolution gosh man last time there was a a revolution of economics it started a world war <laughs> you know what i mean like world war 2 was 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 literally fought between you know capitalist democratic powers and 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 communist socialistic powers you know like I if I really hope that humans can find a better way to come to a conclusion as to what the better way to move forward is because the only way we can decide is through armed combat. We got some pretty big guns these days. You know what I mean? Like nuclear weapons makes that a far more precarious. This is especially when you have shitbags like the fucking media purporting the whole Ukraine Russia thing is oh this is a battle between uh, autocracy and democracy and it's like please don't situate it like that please don't make it a situation of that kind of uh, of conflict because it really isn't because Russia and Ukraine in terms of political and social uh, 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 makeup in terms of the, the the way that their societies are set up aren't that different they're they're established very similarly so it's not like you know you know, it's a it's a major change in 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 governmental form. So let's not overstate it to say that you know you support Ukraine for democracy or Russia for autocracy. No, that's not what it is. You know what I mean? And it's dangerous to make it that kind of uh, of of um conflict because those kind of conflicts end in a lot more dire consequences than a territorial dispute between Russia and Ukraine. That Ukraine due to the fact that it is being ceaselessly bolstered by by European and American powers, is able to turn this from a territorial dispute into an all-out war of attrition. You know? But, you know, I don't know. Obviously, I'm thinking a lot more deeply about this than the majority of people who are speaking about it and uh, on these... Uh, mainstream media platforms, but nah, you know. I just say you have less of an agenda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. From me, it's it's dangerous to assume that these people who have access to so much information don't know what they're doing. They're specifically choosing to do the wrong thing because it benefits them. That's why they say the wrong thing. Exactly. They're, I they're, only they're have one agenda towards the benefit. <laughs> I only have one agenda. That's my own. These people on the TV have multiple agendas, and that's from everyone who's paying them. You know what I mean? I'm sure that Correct. it's not even just one individual entity that's lobbying them to say these crazy things. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's a whole plethora that, uh, of of special interests that are pulling them all over the place, and that's why you know it's and that's what makes it so important to have an independent. And I wouldn't say that we're independent media, but just another voice of of differing context because the same information can come off very differently when not produced by by people with those kind of agendas you know what i mean but yeah yo this banking shit it's about to get ugly it's about to get much more ugly and um here we'll wrap up with this one i thought this one i've had on the docket for a little while and i haven't gotten to 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 really talk about it but um france 
has decided to end centuries of colonialism in Af- in Africa, which I thought that that was that's a that's a that that's a a, a very interesting concession on on the French uh, uh, government's part because let me tell you, French colonialism in Africa, I mean that that's as that's as old as it gets. France has been terrorizing Mali, Morocco, Tunisia, just all of these North African countries that they that they uh, uh, laid down their their colonial roots in, and even after even after the decades of of uh, of liberation that these countries have had outside of. Um, direct control from from the French government. France then went on to use the neo-colonialism of 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 charity and and IMF loans to further exercise control over these governments that they had just been uh, democratically elected out of. And let me tell you, that's a that's a strategy that that countries can keep up for a long time. Because it's it's supported in large part by international institutions that will that will aid you in doing so, but uh, I guess a lot of the France uh, uh, the fighting in 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 French colonial uh, hold in older French colonial holdings, um, along with the the negative negative rhetoric throughout African nations, in regards to. Um, to French companies and and French non governmental organizations and their quote unquote aid that they're supposed to be offering, uh, it's become rapidly not profitable, I guess, for them to to remain. And so, yeah, that is that is something that I would have never expected uh, from France because a of the time and b the resources they'd have invested in staying uh, a colonial power in Africa. But yeah, dude, France is pulling out of 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 the nations in which it is supposedly uh, providing support for, and and this is how I know that all of the the quote unquote help that they were supposed to be providing and aid that they were giving to these countries was bullshit from the beginning, because on their way out, they decided that when they started a lot of these efforts, that they were going to be building these massive mining operations. And so they're leaving behind big uh, industrial facilities. And instead of saying, hey, well, you know, it, it didn't work out. We didn't try very hard to make it work, but, you know, we're leaving. They're destroying the facilities. And it's like, how is that more profitable than just leaving? You know what I mean? Like, there's a huge amount of animosity and spite, but Hey, it's good riddance, you know. Those 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 facilities and and infrastructure can can always be rebuilt. Um the 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 liberation and getting from under that that yoke and yes, it's going to come with the shutting off of a lot of international quote-unquote aid and funds, but it's for the better because those those funds were a poison pill. It was they 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 were designed to put you into or to put those countries into a position of forever indebtedness to those countries, um, France being one of them. And so, yeah, it, 
it is what it is, you know? If you want to help, no one needs to make it amenable for you to help to help. No one's forcing you out, you know what I mean? If these countries want to aid and they want to give assistance to, to other poor nations to help them develop, they can do so without extracting every single resource from these nations, you know? And France leaving a lot of its, its um, former colonial uh, uh, holdings in Africa is, is a huge step for those countries to, to exercise the sovereignty that they fought and elected for decades ago. But yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up on that. Thank you again for joining us, guys. If you did enjoy the show, please feel free to subscribe to us. You can find us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You could also find us on the social media. You can find me on tw- Twitter at Karee underscore T and at Home Heron. Also, you can find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.